What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with us on this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am the lead fantasy baseball analyst for Sports Ethos. And you guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button there. You get links to all my shows. You get different fantasy information, threads, content posted throughout the day. So go ahead, hit the follow button there. And while I got you, it would be really great if you could leave a five-star review on the show, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, however it is you consume our show, if you could go in, into that app and hit the five-star review button. We'd really appreciate that. It would help us to move up in search results here. We're going to be giving you a fairly standard show today, looking back at some major news across baseball, talking about some of the bigger performances from yesterday, and also looking ahead to today through starting pitching matchups and the waiver wire. We're going to start off with some injury news. We had Aroldis Chapman hit the injured list yesterday, and also DJ LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton went down with injuries, although they don't appear to be as serious. Uh, so LeMahieu was scratched with left wrist discomfort, and Stanton had right calf tightness. They're not expected to need stints on the injured list, but Chapman is, in fact, on the injured list. So Clay Holmes is someone who needs to be added in all leagues. He did uh, see a bit of a jump in his roster percentage with that news. But he is still someone who's fairly available. Uh, 76% roster. There are some leagues out there where he is on waiver wires. So go ahead and add him if you need a little bit of a boost in really anything. He's been a contributor across the board this season with four wins, four saves, decent strikeout numbers, and also the, the ratios are ridiculous with a .40 ERA, .66 whip. He's a priority add for right now uh, with Chapman on the injured list. And honestly, even when Chapman comes back, I don't know that it's guaranteed he's going to get the closer rollback. He had, I think, four stinkers in a row leading up to this. So maybe he's just tried their patience a little bit too much, and maybe Aaron Boone is going to put him in more of a middle relief role, elevate Holmes, elevate Loisaga, perhaps, and then Chapman goes down into more of a middle relief, seventh inning kind of guy. I think it's totally possible. And regardless of that, right now, Clay Holmes is someone who should be added. The other two guys, uh, I don't think there's going to be much of a move here fantasy-wise with these injuries because they're not expected to be out for too long. Uh, DJ LeMayhew is expected back within a day or two. And Stanton, they're still waiting on MRI results, but I don't think it's expected to be too serious based on the information the Yankees have given us. So there's not really going to be a move there in terms of a Yankees position player. But Clay Holmes and even you could argue Jonathan Loisaga are going to be short-term ads for now, specifically Holmes because he will almost certainly step into that closer role. I have no problem at all. In fact, I, I strongly encourage you guys to go out there and add Holmes. He's not available in a, that many leagues, but there are some leagues where you can find him on the waiver wire. Uh, he did go up 23% on Yahoo and today in terms of roster percentage, so go ahead and get him while you still can. It won't be... After today, you, you're thinking it's probably not going to be happening. Uh, Luis Robert went on the COVID IL yesterday. He's got mild symptoms, and he's likely out until next week. Now, the team did recall Jake Berger, but I don't think there's going to be much fantasy value there, so... We're just going to be leaving that one alone. As far as I see it, I don't think there's really a replacement level player uh, in the Yankees, sorry, in the White Sox uh, bench slash minor system that's going to fill in in this one week probably period that's going to have a lot of fantasy value. So we're going to be leaving that one alone. Uh, with the Brewers, the Brewers had a bit of bad news, and we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but we'll, <clears throat> we'll go into it a little bit more here. So Freddie Peralta is on the 15-day injured list with a right lat strain, and Josh Hader is on the family medical emergency list. So these do go back to Monday, these stories, but I didn't really touch on them a lot yesterday. So we'll go into them a little bit more here. So starting with Josh Hader, his wife has some uh, pregnancy complications, 
and he wants to be with her. Absolutely understandable there. So Devin Williams is, uh, I'm going to say, a short-term okay guy to add. Uh, I don't think that he's a must-roster guy. I mean, in this in the interim here, he's probably going to pick up a save or two. But I think we all expected a lot more out of him after that lockout or after the pandemic-shortened season. And he was pretty good last year. But I think we have a view of Devin Williams in our mind as being a bit better than he actually is. And not no no disrespect to Devin Williams. He is a very good pitcher. He's a very good relief pitcher. But we look at that 2020 season where his ERA was .33. And, yeah, he, he's still a good option. But he's not quite as elite as he was, obviously, that season where he allowed one earned run. Uh, so he's still a pickup. He's still someone who can be picked up in the interim, and he will probably give you a couple of saves. I don't think that he's a like, – I'd much rather pick up Clay Holmes than Devin Williams at this point, especially because we don't know really how long Hayter's going to be out. <clears throat> it might be another couple of days. We don't, we don't really know. Uh, with with Chapman, we know where he's going to be at least a week and a half or so that he's going to be out. So Holmes is definitely a, my priority pickup between those two guys. Now, for Freddie Peralta, the news is not not the greatest because we don't have a concrete timeline. I mentioned it yesterday. Craig Council said he's expecting a lengthy absence. He's currently on the 15-day IL, so it's hard to really project what that means. Does that mean we're going to see longer than the 15 days? You'd have to assume so, because I don't think he would have said lengthy absence if it was just going to be a two-week stay on the IL. It looks like he's going to probably be gone. I mean, it's hard to project this, really. Like I said, that we don't really have a lot of information, but you have to figure at least six weeks in that kind of range, it's a shoulder problem, so they're not going to want to rush him back. Aaron Ashby is going to be a strong add in the meantime. He's going to be taking that role in the starting rotation. And I talked about him a little bit on Twitter this morning. He has fantastic supporting metrics. The only number that's not really great with him is his walks. He walks almost 14% of batters, which is fairly high. You know, he's 5 6% above Major League average there. That's pretty much his only problem. If you take a look at his StatCast metrics... Across the board, they're very good. He limits hard contact. He limits barrels. He strikes out a good amount of batters. He throws the ball fairly hard. Overall, I think he's going to be a strong pickup. And Like I said, we don't know how long Peralta's going to be out, so this is an indefinite amount of starts you can get from Ashby. He's 28% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yesterday, he was 12% rostered, so this is going to be a continuing trend the next few days, I would imagine. Of course, his performance today against the Padres will dictate somewhat how much he goes up but I think as a whole baseball fans baseball people fantasy players we trust the Brewers pitching coaching pitching staff pitch coaching staff I guess uh, they know what they're doing with their pitchers we've seen it with Woodruff we've seen it with Peralta we've seen it with Burns we've seen it with Eric Lauer this year they really have done a great job with their pitchers and Ashby is another example of that Adrian Hauser also they have a very they have a very solid core of pitchers and a lot of them are developed in-house so they know what they're doing. Their pitching staff knows what they're doing. I would expect them to work with him and get that walk number down a bit because it is very, very high. Control is something that it's it's tough to teach, but you can work on it through through labor and repetition. So I, I think they're going to work with him, and I think he'll probably get the, that walk number down. And that's really the only concerning metric in his, in his makeup there is the walk number. He gets that down. He's going to be a standard league guy for at least as long as Peralta is out. So he is definitely one of the priority pickups today, along with Clay Holmes. Those would be uh, the two guys who stand out quite a bit. And Holmes was already fairly highly rostered. So there's not a ton of leagues where you can go and get him. But 
again, I would I would very much advise that you do in the leagues where he is still available. Let's now move on to some of yesterday's bigger performances. And there's definitely one that stands out head and shoulders above the rest. Jock Peterson had three home runs, drove in eight, also had a base hit for 54.7 fantasy points on Yahoo. He is your fantasy performer of the day for yesterday. Not much of a debate there. A 13-12 to victory for the Giants over the Mets. And Jock Peterson is one of the streakier players you're going to see in baseball. Uh, he's always kind of been like this. When he's hot, there's not really much stopping him. So right now, I'd say you kind of have to add while he is, while he is hot. If you are in a daily changes league, he is more valuable than in a weekly changes league because he's definitely going to perform better against right-handed pitching. So if you do play in a league where you change your lineup every single day as opposed to setting it at the beginning of the week, then you can just plot him in there for certain matchups that make a lot of sense. And for left-handed pitching matchups, maybe he's not even going to get the start on those days. Maybe he will, but you have the option to sit him down as opposed to taking a zero there. When he's facing right-handed pitching, specifically in the middle of the tear that he's on right now, he's he's a must-start player. And even against left-handed pitching right now, you'd say <clears throat> he's probably going to be a must-start kind of player just because he's very streaky, man. A night like yesterday can set him off for a good week or two of, of crazy value. So specifically for you guys who do have streaming spots in your lineup, I know a lot of people just draft their batters, and that's pretty much it. They might make the odd change here and there but they use most of their streaming spots for pitchers. For those of you who use a streaming spot for batting, I would definitely use uh, Jock Peterson as one of my ads for this week. He's someone who, for the short term and potentially long term, his power metrics are fantastic. He's definitely going to be valuable. The question is how long is he going to be valuable for? And it's honestly an unknown, but for right now, with how streaky he is, I would go and add him 100%. Now, in terms of who you're dropping... Specifically, if you guys want to ask me questions on Twitter or whatever, I'll, I'll answer them. But I wouldn't be dropping a mainstay kind of player, someone who you think is going to be, someone who you drafted fairly high, someone who has a very high roster percentage, someone who's going to be a, a, a rosterable player throughout the season. Uh, Jock Peterson does get very streaky. He is up and down. Earlier in the season, he was looking must roster, and then he went downwards, and he was dropped by a lot of people, most people. And now he's he's going to be picked up again. So he is very streaky. I wouldn't be dropping any massive established names, but he is definitely worth picking up in the short term here. Let's talk a little bit about Sonny Gray. He went seven innings, striking out 10 while walking one and giving up four base hits against the Tigers. Definitely his best start of the season. And he's definitely someone who I have mixed feelings about. I think he can be an all right option. I don't think he's going to be a fantastic option going forward. There's going to be op- there's going to be times where you can stream him and be fairly successful, and he has had a string of pretty easy opponents these last couple of weeks. So, are we going to attribute his success solely to that? No, but it's definitely factored in. He's faced Oakland, Cleveland, Oakland, and Detroit, and yeah, he's done well in pretty much all of those outings. So, uh, there is hope there when you dig into the advanced numbers. They're all right, um, but I think that we have to attribute at least some of this, to the poor quality of the opponent. So I'm not going to be running and grabbing Sonny Gray if he's available. I know he's already rostered in most leagues. I think he's over 80% of leagues. Uh, let me just check that real quick. 88% of leagues. I think that's honestly too high. I know people like him a lot more than I do, so I understand it, but he's not somebody that I, I view as being a must-have kind of guy. Um, I, I, if you want to try and trade him right now, I think that would be a good idea because – He's just not honestly that good. 
He's he's pretty good, but he's never been an elite fantasy option. He had some decent years back when he played for the Athletics. And he's mixed in a couple of good years since then. He's just not somebody that I have a ton of faith in. So I would, if you can try and make a move on him, try and sell him and recoup a little bit of value there, I would be doing it. And today's a good day to be doing it because of a seven-inning, ten-strikeout performance. Now, I don't know how many people are going to be biting on that, but he's a lot higher thought of in the general fantasy community than, than my opinion of him. So if you guys can sell him, I would be totally in favor of trying to make a deal for him there. Let's move on to Mookie Betts. He, I believe, is now tied for the National League lead in home runs with 12. He hit two of them yesterday while driving in four, also had a base hit and a walk. And he has returned to form after last year being a little bit of a disappointment. He's back into that first-round fantasy range for this season. So great stuff, obviously, going into the season. We were really big here on drafting all Dodgers, pretty much. We've seen some disappointment from the likes of Cody Bellinger and a little bit from Max Muncy, well, a lot from Max Muncy. But guys like Mookie and Trey Turner at the top of the order have been fantastic. And again, we're, I've seen the question yesterday posed a little bit uh, on Twitter and different podcasts are talking about it a little bit. Is Trey Turner still the best option in fantasy? I think that he is. I think that he's overall the most reliable fantasy option because he can do everything at a very high level. We haven't seen the power so much to this uh, point of the season. He did hit a home run yesterday, but only the three home runs is a little bit lower than we would have thought. He had 28 last year and really broke out power-wise. And also a 288 batting average for him is a little bit lower than, than you would expect, which is crazy to say because that's it's a fantastic batting average. But we expect him to be uh, over 300. So I have no question that he will return to the over 300 area. And he will be the number one fantasy player this season, I think, Trey Turner. It will be close, but I think over the course of the whole 162, By the end of it, we're going to be looking at Trey Turner as probably the number one guy. He had 77 RBIs last year. He's already at 34 this year. If he can get some of that power back, the RBIs are going to be there in crazy numbers, as well as the runs. Remember, he spent half a year last season on the Nationals, more than half the year, on a team that was not very good. So he's moved to a fantastic lineup here. And I don't really, I don't know, people really change their opinions quickly based on what happens during the course of a season now. Manny Machado has been fantastic. Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. It's been a lot of fantastic players. Jose Ramirez. And I don't think I would take any of them over Trey Turner if I had the number one pick still. So, I mean, people are people are prone to changing their opinions quite regularly in this industry. And I do it too. But in terms of a guy like Trey Turner, I'd still view him as the most valuable fantasy option uh, that is available in baseball. And it doesn't really even matter with format points category leagues. He's pretty much the number one guy for me across the board. Let's move on to Francisco Lindor. He had another really solid game. He had a triple and a home run, scored twice, and drove in six runs. And he's another guy who had a bit of a down year last year, and he has rebounded back to somewhere in the first round uh, kind of value. Now, he's not quite in the first round. He is the 20th ranked player, so he's provided second round value to this point. He's already got half the RBIs that he had last year. He had 63 Uh, last year for the whole season. He's got 32 already. He only stole 10 bases all of last year, and he's already stolen five. You'd like to see the batting average get back to closer to where it was in the Cleveland days, which wasn't crazy high, but it was definitely better than what he has now, 244. If he gets that batting average up, then he's definitely going to return to that first-round value. And, you know, you drafted him preseason somewhere in round four or five-ish. I don't remember exactly the ADP, but somewhere in that range, 
and he's been a huge bargain to this point on the season. Let's talk Kevin Gosman. He had another fantastic outing yesterday. He went six innings, gave up four hits, walked two, and struck out eight. The walking two was a big surprise. Uh, I think it was in the first inning he walked Goldschmidt and Arenado. Bit of a surprise there that he, you know, he'd gone 17 consecutive starts without walking more than one batter. So uh, a little annoying there, but overall, he was still fantastic. He lowers his ERA to 2.25, and he is, it, it, you know, it's very early, very hard to say about Cy Young voting, but he's definitely right up there. Another pitcher we're going to talk about in a second who is also right up there, but Gosman has been really fantastic to this point on the season. We're going to talk a little bit about Shane McClanahan because he he just produces, every time out he produces he's taken a massive step from last year. Last year, he was a very good option, and now he is a, a totally elite option. So let's dig into the numbers. He went six innings, gave up four hits, and struck out nine while walking two. His numbers on the season read as 52 and a third innings pitch, and he struck out 74, which is just absurd. That, that amount of strikeouts is just, it's a, it's a crazy number to this point. He's going to have... I mean, we have to look, think about innings and what his innings are going to look like, but you have to figure over 200 strikeouts is easily incoming here. Now, he only threw, I think, 120-some-odd innings last year. So that's something we're going, to have to, we're going to have to worry about a little bit as the season goes on. Will we have kind of like a Freddie Peralta situation from last year where he's not pitching so much because they don't want to, they don't want to ruin the arm? I think it's definitely a possibility. He threw 123 innings last year, and he's on pace to definitely uh, overtake that pretty early in this season, I would say, if he keeps it up. So it's definitely going to be a worry that he will be shut down or at least limited later in the season. It's something that I'm going to be worried about a little bit where I have him. I'm not going to be trying to sell him, but it's it, it's tough to know exactly what to do because he's fantastic. He's going to be a Cy Young candidate if he, if he pitches, if he keeps pitching. I just think that there is a, a decent chance that they try and limit him later in the season just so he probably doesn't exceed maybe 140, 150 innings. I think that's possible. I'm not overly, overly worried about it, but it's something I'm going to keep in the back of my head, and I'd like you guys to keep in the back of your heads as well. He's elite. He is, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball to this point of the season. But it doesn't come without without its own worry. So I just want you guys to be aware that that is maybe not likely, but it's certainly possible anyway. Let's talk about a couple of more pitchers from yesterday. Framber Valdez went seven innings, gave up seven hits, three earned runs, struck out four. And if it wasn't for that one start against the Angels where he gave up six earned runs, his ERA would be even lower than it is, and it's 283 he, to me, is one of the better pitchers, one of the better unsung uh, heroes of the pitching staffs in the American League. That, I know that sounded stupid. As I said it, I realized it sounded stupid. But Framber Valdez, for me, is a, always a prime, not necessarily buy low, but people don't really value him that much. He's not a big name. Uh, in, I mean, maybe more so in fantasy circles he's valued, but the average baseball fan, and I think the average fantasy fan, doesn't really appreciate Framber Valdez as much as they should, especially considering he plays on a very good team. There's going to be a lot of win opportunities there. I think he's one of the top 20 or so starting pitchers for fantasy. And maybe I'm overvaluing him a little bit, but that's where I see him. I, I, I 
really, really like uh, Framber Valdez. And I, I just don't think that he has that kind of – he's not really recognized as much as he should be. So I, I feel like that should be pointed out. He's someone who I would always be trying to buy on just because people aren't valuing him probably as much as they should be. Let's move on to Jordan Montgomery. And he was the third uh, pitcher I mentioned in my article over the weekend of two start pitchers to grab for the week. So far, we're two for three on those. Uh, Alex Cobb definitely did not work out as well as I expected. But uh, Montgomery was was a pretty solid choice yesterday. He went six innings. He struck out five, gave up two earned runs on four hits. He unfortunately didn't get the victory. But he pitched well enough where you'd, you'd figure he, he deserved a victory. Um, hard to say, really, but... I think that going six innings, two earned runs, you've, you've pitched well enough where most of the time you've earned you've earned a victory there. He got the no decision. But very strong ad nonetheless. You get him for a second start later this week if you did pick him up. And uh, no move to be made there at, at this point. You're just sitting on him. And he's been very solid. He hasn't given up more than three earned runs in any start. Not just for this week, but I think going forward, he can be a solid addition to teams. I think he can be a solid, probably closer to the back end of your rotation um, kind of guy, but he's been very solid pitching for a very good team. Does not have a victory yet because he hasn't really gotten a ton of run support when he's been on the mound. It's kind of unbelievable to have nine starts, a 330 ERA, and to have pitched as well as he has without having a victory, but that will correct itself throughout the course of the season. I wouldn't expect uh, this to keep up with the no victories, and, th- and that's a big reason why his ranking is, is down uh, in in category leagues anyway. He should be higher than he is, and victories aren't something he really has any control over, but he's the 357th ranked player to this point in the season. I think there's still, honestly, a bit of a buy window in, for you guys in deeper leagues. I think that he's someone, and not even just deeper leagues, I think he's someone in general who can be acquired at a pretty low price and give you solid value going forward. So I, I would be not not a strong advocate for buying him, but I think that there's a decent argument to be made that you go out there and you acquire him for probably not a lot, and he can be a mainstay on your team for pretty much you'd imagine the rest of the season. He's So far, he's been very consistent, and there's no reason that I see that you can't expect this going forward. Keeping the walks down, the strikeouts aren't terribly high, but they're not terribly low either. They're just kind of average. I like him. I like him quite a bit as an option going forward here. Let's uh, switch back to position players for a second. I want to touch on Danny Jansen because he has been really fantastic the last month of last season. And then early this season, he started off very well, and then he got hurt. And he's come back, and he's been pretty solid again. Uh, Took a couple games to get his uh, footing back under him. But he hit two home runs last night, drove in four. And at a very weak position, I think that he can have some value in standard leagues. If the Blue Jays lineup starts hitting the way we think they're going to start hitting, then I think that there's no question he's going to be a pretty solidly valuable uh, piece. Catcher is a tough spot to find value in. He's only 19% rostered, and to this point of the season, small sample size, but he's hit five home runs and 29 at-bats. And he really showed at the end of last season that he can elevate his power numbers over what we've seen in the in the past. So I like Danny Jansen as certainly in a two-catcher format, and even in some deeper one-catcher formats, I think he can be a really strong add. Not that he's a must-add per se, but there's a lot of teams that struggle with catching and finding good catching options, and I think he's someone who can definitely fill that void for you. We're going to look ahead to today now at some of the more interesting pitching matchups, and I think uh, we're going to start off with the Brewers and the Padres. we got Aaron Ashby and Yu Darvish, and yeah, we touched on Aaron Ashby a little bit 
I think overall he's going to be a solid start today. Yes, the Padres are a good offense, and they hit left-handed pitching pretty well, but I, I wouldn't really hesitate too much on starting him today. I have, I have a lot of faith in him. You Darvish on the other side, I don't really have a ton of faith in, and he's someone who I said earlier, uh, I said it on my weekend article actually, that I think he should be someone you're trying to sell based on his last outing. He was very strong against Philadelphia, and overall we've seen quite a decline in his performance this season in terms of strikeouts. In terms of pretty much all his metrics, they're down. So I, I don't know that he's really recommended play here tonight against the Brewers. You guys who listen to the show regularly know that I preach uh, knowledge of your categories. I know it sounds stupid, and it, it doesn't apply so much in points leagues, but if you're in a category league, you're entering into the second half of the week here, middle of the second half of the week, you kind of have a general idea of where you're going in your categories. If your ERA is sitting at like seven something, you don't really have much to lose by sending Darvish out there. Unless your opponent also has a terrible ERA, and even in that case, I think you're probably still going to be sending him out there. Now, if you've had a couple of really great starts to begin the week where your ERA is sitting somewhere in the ones or twos, then maybe it doesn't make as much sense. And in that kind of situation, I wouldn't start him because I don't have a lot of faith in him. He did have a good outing last time, but I think we're seeing the decline here of you, Darvish. And I think sell him while you can is definitely where I where I'd stand on it at the moment. I don't have a lot of faith today, and most of the leagues that I have him in, he'll be sitting on the bench. There's one or two leagues where the ERA started off terribly, so I don't really have much to lose in those in those cases. So he'll be starting there. But for the most part, I'm not going to be interested in starting him today against a tough Milwaukee lineup. Let's talk about the Athletics and the Mariners. We have Paul Blackburn, who is also someone I talked about in my sell high piece. He's been overly he's overperforming to this point in the season. Uh, 191 ERA. He's got four victories. Overall, he's been very solid, low walk numbers. I just don't buy that we're going to see this continue for a long time. So Paul Blackburn, I think, is a strong start tonight against the Mariners, but overall I'd be still trying to sell him uh, if I could. Robbie Ray on the other side, we've seen not a great start to the season from Robbie Ray. A lot of games where he's giving up three, four, five runs, and honestly it's not what we were expecting. Uh, The strikeouts have been better these last three times out, striking out eight, nine, and ten batters respectively over the last three and he's had some tough opponents in Boston, New York, and Philadelphia. He gets a bit of an easier chance tonight against uh, the Athletics. Well, it's 4 p.m. Eastern time he'll be starting. I think that it's a pretty good option here um, for DFS slates and also in your season-long leagues. You're going to be starting him because it's a pretty good matchup. We do have to factor in that he's played some tough teams, and he's, for the most part, been pretty good against the teams he should be beating. So I don't have much of a problem starting him here against the Athletics. Those are the main ones that I'm going to be keeping an eye on tonight. There are some other interesting matchups, but nothing uh, so big that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on it like those two games there. So let's now talk a little bit about the waiver wire and some of the more added and dropped players today. So Aaron Ashby, we've talked about quite a bit. We're not going to we're not going to spend any more time on him. Max Kepler is someone who's been added quite a bit, and he has really strong numbers across the board. He's striking out at a career low twenty or sorry fifteen point one percent which by far is his career low, and career-high 13.2% walk rate. Kepler also shows elite offensive metrics. He's an elite power kind of hitter. Not that that's really translated so much this season. I think he has six home runs. So we're definitely not seeing it to the same rate that we can, but he's definitely someone who is a strong add if you're in need of power stats. So the six home runs, certainly not great, 
but he's really uh, it's really promising to me that he's got his, his strikeout number down so much it's about five percent or so from his career number um three uh, four or five percent from down from his career number he's typically closer to 19 20 percent in this season he's at 15 the walks for him career he averages about 10 percent, and now he's up at 13 so that combined with the nice power metrics i think he's a strong ad if you need power and in pretty much all leagues he's going to be a strong ad for me christian javier is also added quite a bit and he's rostered in about 62 percent of yahoo leagues so there are still plenty of leagues where he's sitting on the waiver wire if you take away the outing he had against the nationals then his numbers would be even better and they're already pretty good uh, he has a crazy high 31.5 strikeout percentage and he keeps runners uh, from reaching base most of the time his whip is 1.02 and the batting average against is 198 I'd be very, very happy with adding him tonight and going forward. I think he's a strong add in the areas where he's available, in the leagues where he's still available. Uh, Jock Peterson, we talked about, very streaky hitter, but it looks like he could be entering into a hot streak, so he's going to be worth taking a chance on. He's in the top 1% in Major League Baseball in terms of exit velocity, expected batting average, expected slugging, hard hit percentage, and barrels. He can be a huge boost to teams in need of a power bump tonight. Uh, and going forward, of course. Reed Detmers uh, is another guy who's been added quite a bit. And I think people are still chasing that no-hitter that he had. It's not going to happen again. Uh, the metrics, he's, in, he's below average in every single stat cast metric. He gets the Rangers team tonight that he faced last week, and they chased him in the fourth inning. So for me, I'm going to be passing on a stream here. Uh, yes, it was great that he had the no-hitter, but it was very much an outlier in terms of his, uh, how, in terms of his pitching profile. And I don't think we're going to see that happen again. I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb here by saying we're not going to see any more no-hitters from Reed Detmers. Overall, I think people will chase that start this season and hope that they can that they can get another one of those. But I would not be expecting it. In fact, I'm really not very high on him at all. So uh, no, no need to add him for tonight. He has been added as a streamer quite a bit. But I honestly don't think that it's going to be worthwhile. Let's talk about some of the guys who have been dropped in a lot of leagues. And Tyler Molly is someone who people are getting very frustrated with. And I am definitely one of those people. He cannot pitch at Great American Ballpark. Every time he pitches at home, it seems to be a disaster. So he's going to be someone I'm not going to be cutting yet. Uh, I don't think we're quite there. He can be very valuable, and he showed us that last season. The main thing for him is he needs to get traded. He needs to get out of Cincinnati. He's not very good at pitching at home. There's not going to be a lot of win opportunities pitching for the Reds this season. Once he gets traded, which I'm not really doubting that he will, I think that he'll have a ton of value. And earlier in the season, I thought that the Angels would be a very good um, destination for him. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. I think that he'll be traded to the Angels at some point. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And even if it's not the Angels, I think that he'll be out of Cincinnati at some point, and his value will definitely jump. So I'm not going to be dropping him yet. I would probably be sitting him, depending on matchups going forward. He gets a difficult start against the Giants this weekend, and I'm going to be sitting him there. So I'm not dropping him, but I'm definitely a little bit worried anyway. Uh, most of the guys we're seeing dropped, it's pretty standard stuff. The guys who were streamed in for yesterday. And we're also seeing George Kirby been dropped quite a bit. He has struggled. Uh, yes, he's had some pretty solid strikeout numbers. Uh, had a game with nine, and he had a game with seven. But he's also had a game with three and a game with one. So Kirby is going to be kind of an iffy back-end guy. He does have the Orioles next time out, so I'd probably hold him through the Orioles start and just to see what he can do there against a fairly weak team. Let's move on to Kyle Freeland. He went four and a third yesterday, and he was actually better than I thought he would be. 
he held the Pirates without a hit for the first four innings, but he was eventually chased uh, in the fifth. He gave up a double and then a single and then a walk. Pitches were only at 84, so you thought he might have got a bit more of a line there. I've never been big on Kyle Freeland, but overall he wasn't too bad yesterday. He gets the Nationals next week, but I honestly don't think that we need to hold on and uh, and hold him for that start. I think you can better use that spot throughout the week for streaming. It's a decent matchup against the Nationals, but I wouldn't be too concerned about wanting to add him for that. Guys, that is going to pretty much do it for us today. Uh, thank you for all for tuning in. I hope you guys are following on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Also, leave a five-star review or any positive review in general would be very good for the show. But hopefully, you're leaving a five-star review if you're listening here. A lot of you guys listen to the show every day, and not many of you guys have been rating, so I'd really hope uh, that after today, you guys are going to leave the five-star review. just takes a few seconds of your time, and it really helps us uh, to grow here in the early going. So we'll see you again tomorrow. We'll have a very special guest on the show tomorrow, and we'll promote it a little bit tonight on Twitter, most likely. But uh, until then, I hope you guys have a very successful night. I'm open to answer any of your questions on Twitter, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody.